The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown or turnover, back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates and better service. ATFUCU.com. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Oh, yeah, your boy, your Grizzlies, getting it, getting it, getting it done. Yes, sir. Seventeen and, 17 and four since Christmas, the best record in the NBA. You got the the MVP, an All Star Game starter, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved player you've got the coach of the year let's go all of those were facts by the way except for the mvp part and josh in the running so who knows maybe he'll pull it off if, if he just goes in fuego the second half but desmond bain's going to be the most improved jaron jackson is the defensive player of the year as it sits today and taylor jenkins will win coach of the year him or uh jb bickerstaff of the Cavs. The Cavs and, and the Grizz are the surprise teams this year, so one of those two coaches will, will win the uh, the Coach of the Year award. Yeah, def, def, definitely the Cavs. Big surprise. Big, they're, big surprise. They're really fun to watch. Darius Garland, Mobley, the, the rookie out of USC, he's a stud. They're, they're really fun to watch, which is surprising because I didn't think a, a, a LeBron James-less Cavs team would ever be fun to watch. <laughs> All right, man, it's time for touchdown turnover. Um, Harbaugh has decided to return. He was not offered the job by the Vikings, but that's all posturing and whatever. Spent all this time talking to him. It's because he was interested. He wasn't interested because you didn't offer it to him because he wasn't interested enough. That's, that's probably what happened. But touchdown turnover. Touchdown turnover. Touchdown. This will negatively affect Michigan's recruiting. Touchdown turnover. Didn't seem like it did, but will it negatively affect Michigan's recruiting that Jim Harbaugh was interviewing for an NFL job on signing day? Uh, I'll say turnover. I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think if anything, it'll it'll kind of help because they can sell. To recruits like, hey, our coach is good enough to go coach an NFL team, and you can come here and, and be developed by an NFL coach, and, and he can help you get to the league. Look what he did with Aiden Hutchinson. Look what he did with David Ajabo. So I, I think that's how Michigan will spin it, and I, I think that will pay off more so than the negative recruiting that he will receive in the sense of, hey, if if you go to Michigan, I mean, he could leave after your freshman year. He could he could leave in the middle of your freshman year. He he could leave in the middle of your sophomore year. That that will obviously happen in recruiting, and and I think that teams will also try to make it seem as if Jim Harbaugh isn't all that loyal. I mean, look, look at him. He was willing to leave. He recruited you all that time, and he was willing to leave. On the day that you signed the dotted line, I mean, what kind of coach does that? So that that will 
happen for sure, but I think there will be more of a positive effect. And maybe it's just me being glass half full, but I, I think there will be more of a positive effect of just being able to sell that NFL pedigree. Short term, I agree with you. I mean, you can you can spin this thing around and be like, hey, man, you're getting coached by an NFL coach, and, man, you know, he's turning down NFL jobs to stick to, to be here. But for how long, though? Like, how long is he going to be turning these jobs down? And so short term, it looks great, but, but do you trust Harbaugh to be there for all of your four years if you're uh, enrolling freshmen? That is what Harbaugh's going to have to battle against in recruiting. The negative recruiting would be about Harbaugh's commitment to the college game. Wouldn't you negatively recruit Michigan in the same way? I know I would. Mm-hmm. I know I would. So he's going to have to battle that. It may not have hurt him that much this year with this signing class, but he's going to have to deal with it in the class of 2023 all year long. Every time that he talks to a prospect for the 2023 class, his commitment to Michigan will come up. Because it, it will be what I would ask him. Mm-hmm. So how long you going to be here, man? And next year there's going to be NFL jobs open up. You, you'll probably be looked at before Eric Beanie me. So you may be leaving. You may be leaving. So I'm going to say turnover. I think it, I think it hurts them in this upcoming class. I was ready, man. I was ready to pounce on some of those guys that would have you know, changed their mind or decided to get into, get into the portal or, you know, have their um, NIL, NLI, excuse me, NLI, flip, flip the letters around, the National Letter of Intent, Michigan, you know, allowing them to back out of it if Harbaugh had left. Like, I was ready to pounce. But if you were a recruit, how would would you feel if you were strongly considering Michigan and you had Harbaugh interviewing for a head coach job in the NFL? I mean, would, would, would him potentially leaving over your career to go to the NFL? lead you to, to not going to Michigan? How much it, it of probably, that would it be probably, a concern? It, yeah, it probably would be a concern. It would probably impact me. Knowing how I handled my recruitment, yes, it would have impacted me. Now, when you get there and you build relationships and you're you're making plays and the coach leaves, you wait and find out who the next coach is, and if the coach is good, then you you stay because at that point you are you kind of got your heels in the ground. You you, you love your, your school because you've been there for a year or two. But as a high school or looking at a school, I think the security is important. It's why Jabbar Davis picked Tennessee over Georgia. You know, um, all my three schools were schools that had a coach that was there for a long time. So. Yeah, it would have it would have paid difference for me. It would have, and like I said, Michigan's gonna have to deal with that this uh, this upcoming recruiting cycle. They will for sure. I was surprised that he withdrew his name because he 
it seemed like he wanted to, to get out of college, and I certainly don't blame him. I've, I've voiced my opinion over the last month or two of if I was a, a college coach, I'd be trying to get to the NFL as well. Yep. Uh, now, I, I don't know that I'd leave for the Vikings. Got a, they got a ready-built built roster. Defense is good. They got receivers. They got running back. They ain't got a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, a running back. They got receivers. All they need is a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a pass rush that's, that's, that's elite. All they got to do is get a quarterback. Yeah, they're, they're, they are a couple of pieces away from, from being a, a real contender in that conference in the NFC. It's a great, sure. it's a great job. It's just in Minnesota. Yes, that wants to live in Minnesota. That that is correct. Yesterday, when you talked about Matthew Butler, was that off the ESPN article? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to, to make sure that he wasn't getting some more love that we need to to recognize. Yeah, that was off the ESPN article. Uh, talked about him, you know, being the best player there, essentially mm-hmm. at the East West Shrine Bowl. And Alante Taylor got some love mm-hmm. from uh, Jim Nagy mm-hmm. on Twitter yesterday down at the uh, the Senior Bowl. This is. Or yesterday was day number two of practice down at the Senior Bowl. And Jim Nagy sent out a tweet yesterday afternoon saying, Today's who cares about the 40 question goes to Tennessee DB Alante Taylor. Alante clocked fastest field speed at the Senior Bowl today per Zebra technology, 21.12 miles per hour. Alante was moving yesterday on the field. Good for Alante. You know how important this tweet is? Very. Like all these recruits, all these football players, do y'all know how important this tweet is? Follow the clues. Pick up the clues. Don't be clueless. Pick up the clues. Here's a clue. The director of the Senior Bowl, the most prestigious college all-star game that hosts the most GMs and coaches from the NFL than any other all-star game, just gave you a nugget, just gave you a clue and I hope the 707 coaches and the trainers and the high school coaches, I hope they saw this tweet. And I hope they are educating their players. Because if they're not, and they saw this, they're doing them a disservice. If I was a football coach, if I was a trainer, if I was a 707 coach, I would take this tweet and send it to everybody on my team. These players are like, yeah, man, I run a 4-3. Yeah, I run a 4-4. Yeah, I did. And they think that's enough. It don't matter what you run if you're not running that speed in the game. It doesn't matter how fast you are on the track if you're not playing fast during the game. What matters is that Alante Taylor was the fastest player on the field. Why? Why is he the fastest? Man, he's believing what he's seeing. He's reacting. There's no hesitation. When you believe what you see, 
you go full speed. You you see a dog, you know it's time to run the fastest you've ever ran before in your life. You don't need to sit there and look at it and go, wait, is that a, about 100 yards away? Barking. Barking. Sounds like a loud bark. Let me wait to get closer. 80 yards. Is that a chihuahua? Is that a chihuahua? Is that a, is that a Siberian husky? Is that a rockwaller? Is that a pit bull? Is that a lab? What kind of dog is that? 50 yards. Let me, let me wait to get a little closer. 25 yards. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a shizu. <laughs> wait a minute. Don't wait till the thing gets five yards away from you. It barks. You believe it. You react. That is huge if you are a scout. That's intelligence. Yeah, he's fast. I mean, he's going to be fast regardless, but, like, that's intelligence. And it's athleticism, too, but, like, how fast you play and how fast you get to point A to point B matters more than your 40 times. So this is this is huge. I hope, I hope, I hope everyone's paying attention. It also shows that he made the right decision to sit out of the bowl game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Being hampered by a, a lower body injury. Don't know the, the exact injury, but it, it was a lower body injury and opted out of the bowl game because he, he played through the injury at the end of the regular season and, and wanted to prepare for the senior bowl, get healthy for the senior bowl. And, and it, it paid off, and it is paying off. So I hope that, uh, that, that he has a big game on, on Saturday. I'll actually be in Mobile on Saturday. Won't be at the uh, senior bowl. That, that would be fun to, uh, to go to, but I'll, uh, I'll be in Mobile for a wedding. One of my oldest friends getting married. He's a bammer? Yeah. He's, a, he's actually my, my, uh, my twins, my, my really close friends that, 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 that are twins and went to Grissom, and uh, they went to Bama. They're the ones that we, that we messed with that one day on the show. Yeah, 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 I remember. He is, well, I guess there's two of them. One of them is getting married, but I've known them since I was in. It's actually a cool story. I was in second, third grade. In uh, Fort Irwin, California, out in the middle of nowhere, out in the desert. And that's where we met each other. And they moved to Huntsville from California. And we moved to, to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Then we moved to Savannah, Georgia. And then we finally moved to Huntsville and got to link back up for like a couple of months. Because then they moved to Mobile. <laughs> but they're one of my, my longest friends and, and they'll one of us get married on Saturday. So I will be in Mobile. I, I wish I, I could make it happen to where I could go to the Senior Bowl and, and get to the wedding, but that ain't going to be able to happen. So I hope Alante has a big day. I hope Cade, who's been playing guard and center this week, has a big day. I, I've seen Valus making Sam Howell look better, catching some, some passes that were hard to catch, having a dive on the ground. Yeah, I saw a nice release from, from Valus. Uh, off the line and and won on his route, but the throw was bad. I did I did see that. Bayless is gonna shine, man. Too much too much experience, too quick, too fast. Uh, smart as a football player, mm-hmm. he's gonna make himself money. He should. Yep. All should. all of these guys that we've just talked about are, are going to be 
drafted. And a couple of them higher than I anticipated. I think Elante is going to go higher than I anticipated. I, I think Matthew Butler's definitely going to go higher than I anticipated. I think Valus's stock is growing. I don't have an opinion on Cade at the moment, one way or the other, in terms of his stock for the draft. But he's got a big opportunity this week to earn money as well. And by the way, that East-West Shrine Bowl that Matthew Butler is playing in and Theo Jackson was added to a couple days ago, that game is tonight. Not sure TV channel or, or what time, but if you want to watch Matthew Butler tonight, he will be on. I, I imagine it's probably on the NFL Network. Six, seven, eight o'clock. It's in Vegas, so maybe it's like seven, eight o'clock. Now, Ty Chandler's in that thing. Ty Chandler's in that thing, huh? Yeah, just... Yeah. Traitor. You know traitor. Traitor! He did what he had to do, man. Probably actually was a good idea. Good good, good decision. It worked out for for him. Man. Says it's uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch Ty Chandler... I want to watch Matthew Butler. I don't care Matthew, about Ty Chandler. You want to watch uh, Theo Jackson? Of course I want to watch Theo Jackson. They'll be on the NFL Network tonight at 8 o'clock. Matthew Butler should have gotten an invite to the Senior Bowl. If you stand out at the, at the East-West and be the best, that's um, he'll be okay. Show, show out at the uh, Combine, interview well, test well. He'll, he'll be okay. He'll Rodney be- wants to know if Cade can still come back. Uh, I saw Rodney's comments yesterday about 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 K getting beat by the uh, was that the Georgia Georgia defender? Georgia fans loved it. Mm-hmm, I bet they would. I would too if I was a Georgia fan. So uh, that's one rep, and you, you're gonna lose reps. You just can't lose a lot of them. Can't lose a lot of them, but you're gonna lose them, man. They the player across from you is good too. Hour two continues after these messages. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com. 
or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, Brand Strategy Design. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. My, my attaboy today actually was going to go to Alante Taylor for... Me too. Yeah, shining and showing out at, at the Senior Bowl. So you ruined it, Ben. Well, you you stole mine like uh, like you always do. So I guess it uh, it works both ways. I don't mind giving Alante Taylor some more some more love for those who are just, just joining us. Alante Taylor was singled out by... Executive Director of the Senior Bowl and Jim Nagy, and talking about his on-the-field speed being clocked at uh, the highest rate of anybody at the Senior Bowl on yesterday, uh, pointing out that it's not all about the 40. 
all about the four-year time. It's about your effort, your ability to diagnose the play, and react. And that's what Alante Taylor did better than anybody else at the Senior Bowl, showing and displaying those skill sets that really, really matter in the game of football, more than just, you know, running in, in speedos. So, I'm giving it to Alante Taylor. He deserves it. Have they sent out combine invites yet? Uh, yeah, because because Matthew Butler was invited to the combine. That's right, and he accepted. Mm-hmm. So those combine invites should already be out. I mean, I think Alante got one. Yeah, you are you are making plans with your agent, agency, uh, travel arrangements, all that stuff. Your plans about recovery after the Senior Bowl, after the East West Run, because you you popping past. So you go from end of the season not playing football the traditional way, conventional way, hitting. Then you go track mode. Then you have to go back to football mode, and then you have to go back to track mode. So they'll have some time to kind of recover from, you know, the the week of practice and playing in the All Star game, and then you get back on schedule with your track training, combine training for a couple weeks, and then boom, you're in Indianapolis for the combine. So, add a boy to Alante Taylor. 865-255-03 is our is our telephone number. Man, we'll talk to we'll talk to Mike Wilson of the Knox New Sentinel wrote a awesome piece on Tennessee's freshman guard Zakai Ziegler and the sacrifices that him and his mother made for education, high school and playing basketball, him traveling through the streets of New York City. Man, you might be right, man. Zakai Ziegler, by the time it's said and done, may be the most popular basketball ball of uh, the Rick Barnes era. We'll see, It'll man. It'll be hard to do. But hard if, to beat Grant Williams. Well, my mentions, I tweeted that out yesterday. My mentions, everybody was saying Admiral. Everybody was saying Admiral in my yeah. mentions yesterday. It, it'll be very hard to do, but if he can lead them, Sakai, that is, if he sticks around four or five years, I guess it'd be just four since he's not going to redshirt and he doesn't have the COVID year since he just enrolled. But if he stays here four years and then, like, as a, a junior or senior, or even this year, heck, next year, leads Tennessee to a Final Four or, or Elite Eight, I think he'll I think he'll surpass him. Yeah, yeah. We got to mention a few other things for around the SEC. We will do that. Uh, we're going to take a very quick timeout and uh, get back on track with our clock here and our break schedule. So, quick timeout, coming right back, and uh, got some more news and notes from the SEC. Stay with us. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Fellas, 
When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at NobodyTrashesTennessee.com. I know missing the show live is a bummer, but don't fret. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Awesome! Mentioned briefly yesterday that um, Connor Shaw stepping down from his off the field role there with South Carolina football. He is the former quarterback star. I remember when he played in South Carolina, he was one of my favorite players to watch. Man, he was tough and all get out. Great leader, but uh, he is leaving the Gamecocks. And also, tight ends coach Eric Kimry is leaving. The staff and he is going to coach high school football. So, two 
coaches, staff members associated with offense has left. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty weird to have a coach leave and go coach high school. And Eric Kimry, his alma mater is South Carolina. So two dudes who left their school to go pursue other opportunities. Could be nothing, but why, it's something. It's weird. Why do we always assume that just because a coach leaves that something's in the water? Well, you have well, you have two leave in within a couple days span. They're both from South Carolina. One's coaching high school. I mean, I think it's I, I think it's pretty fair to assume that um, everything is not peachy, but we don't know that. Um, it could be timing with signing day, and I mean, it may, it may be something in the water. One's a former player. Maybe he's not good. Maybe he's not a fit for for what he's doing. Maybe. Hey, I know uh, you have an easy way to find out. Oh, I already know. Okay, there's that. Yeah, some 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 ain't vibing, but it may not be a big deal. I mean, you have rough patches in a relationship. You got a lot of dudes working together on the, on the staff. Not everybody's going to get along, and not everyone's going to vibe, and not everyone's going to, you know, be on board with the the plan, and. You know, Derek Mason wasn't on board with, with the plan there at Auburn and decided to go somewhere else. It happens. I just, it yeah, could be I, nothing, though. I didn't, I, didn't, and I didn't mean to, like, call you out or, like, question what, what you were saying. I just think it's funny how just we as SEC fans, every time something happens at another school, we just immediately think that, that something's in the water. Cause like, we, cause like we, every single time, yet we, we should know from our – own experience that like we have had coaches leave Tennessee where you have had to get up here and explain like hey it it's not what it seems there, there's more to the story and like it, it isn't a reflection of whoever like like we have had to do that here in in Knoxville to calm down Tennessee fans but yet when it happens at other schools we just immediately jump to something being in the water well, I, I, th- I think, and it's an SEC, it's a college, it's just a fan thing. And again, I wasn't trying to like call you out because I said it right after you brought it up. I was just more so speaking to to us as college football fans and sports fans in general. We always think that. I think the the, the coaches and uh, staff members that we've had leave. It has been something. Right, we can go down the line. We can we can look at a couple VFL coordinators. Like something was up. It just didn't blow up into something that hit national news and and was all on the message boards. But it was a reason why those people stepped down. Like there was something going on. And then like you look at all the coaches that left during Pruitt time. Like there was there was something. I mean, starting with um, Drew Hughes, who was the recruiting. Guy like he got out before Ish hit the fan, and then when he tried to go to Texas to join Steve Sarkeesian, he couldn't do it because you know it was under investigation because of his time in Tennessee. So then he went to the Jaguars to be with with Urban, and you know who knows if he's going to be back in college or not. But that you know he left with, when 
he saw the signs. We saw you know, other assistant coaches leave. Um, under Pruitt's, <laughs> most of the guys who left, it was, it was something. But I, I look at South Carolina because, like, Connor Shaw is, I mean, besides Marcus Lattimore, like, like, he's one of the most popular Gamecocks in the last 10 years. Um, him and Clowney and some other dudes, but like Connor Shaw, come on, he's a quarterback that had the most success in South Carolina football history uh, as a career. And then you have another coach who is also a alum, and he's leaving to go to high school. Like, I just know that's a little, that's I, a little, that's a little weird. I know. I just think it's funny that we always just jump to it being the the head coach's fault because. No, I like, ain't like, fault. Like you, you say something is something is in the water. Like something is up. It could not be. It could. It could be anything. It don't have to be the head coach's fault. Right. But what I'm saying is, we as fans assume that it's the head coach. We as SEC fans assume that it's the head coach, and and part of it is wishful thinking that it is the head coach, and that it is going to turn into a dumpster fire at, at that particular school. But like you said. At Tennessee, under under Butch, under under Pruitt, like coaches left for for one reason or another. Not every single coach that left under the, the previous two was because of Butch's wrongdoing or 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 Pruitt's wrongdoing. I mean, I can think of two off the top of my head where I mean it was more so the the assistant that wasn't handling his business and and, and needed to move on somewhere else. But people look at it as you know, it's, it's the head coach's fault, and it wasn't necessarily the head coach's fault. I just think it's funny that we as SEC fans jump to hoping that it is the head coach's fault so that they can spiral out of control and have to fire their coach and start all over. Yeah, yeah. Man, we'll see what happens, you know, there in South Carolina. It may not be anything, or maybe it may be, it may be something. It's weird, that it, is it, for sure. It it could be something that gets, like, gets resolved and you move forward without any hiccups or anything. Like, to expect – just perfect harmony within a coaching staff all the time is, I think, a little naive um, and delusional. But and rare, yeah. I mean, you gonna bump heads, but we'll see if it if it turns into something else to That's where it, it really affects the 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 on field product during football season, especially in football where you have so many coaches. Like there, there are so many hands in the cookie jar. In football, some some hands are bigger than others, but there, there are a lot of coaches that a head coach has to monitor and, and deal with and, and communicate with. Whereas Rick Barnes has, I mean, they, they've got like a small little army over there now. <laughs> since, since Tennessee basketball has, has blown up, they, they've got a small little army over there in Pratt Pavilion. Uh, volunteer coaches left and right, and, and it's Pretty remarkable. They've, they've got a former front office member from the Knicks or uh, the Nets uh, when, when they were at the New Jersey Nets. Uh, they, they've got former head coaches who who got caught up in who was a good head coach who just got kind of got caught up in some off the court things that that ended up in, in him losing his job. They, they've got a small little army over there, but the main guys it's just three that Rick has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Schwartz, Rod Clark, and Justin Ganey, and then the strength coaches as well. That that's far different than all the people Josh Heupel is, is managing. Same goes for Kelly Harper. Same goes for Tony Vitello. Tony Vitello, hitting coach, pitching coach, 
volunteer assistant. And then you have other people that volunteer as, as well to help out, like I was talking about with, with Rick. But it's just a different level of management when, when you're a football coach because there's so many people in your organization. So many. That you, because of that, you will bump heads at some point with somebody. Yep. But Connor Shaw, is, like that's weird. Like South Carolina fans love Connor Shaw the way Tennessee fans love Josh Dobbs. And for him to to opt to, to do something other than be a part of the, the organization, it, it does make you raise an eyebrow, that is for sure. Yep. Yep. GBL says Jordan James was processed out at UGA. Then they signed another running back, Andrew Paul. Did Georgia hold JJ to make sure Tennessee would not recruit him? Or did we not like him at running back? They, they just can never – I believe – we can ask Austin about this on, on Tuesday when he joins us again. Uh, I, I don't have a definitive answer for you. I don't know if you do, Swain. But I, I believe they just couldn't really gain any traction with, with Jordan James and, and just couldn't get him to, to campus, couldn't, couldn't get him to visit. I, I think that was the biggest issue. But – uh, maybe there was more to it that, that I, don't, I don't know about at the moment. Again, we can we can ask Austin next time he's with us, or maybe Swain knows. But it, that would be a smart tactic by uh, by Georgia <laughs> if that were true, and I, I wouldn't put it past an SEC coach as it being a possibility <laughs> to hold on to somebody longer than than you should just for the sake of of somebody else not getting them. I, I fully support that tactic as as well <laughs> uh, in, in any sport in any and even in the professional ranks signing a player so your rival doesn't sign them or, oh, or, or trading somebody to to somebody that isn't in your not only your division but not in your conference like i absolutely buy into to that and like i i think that like i was actually thinking about this yesterday georgia picked up a linebacker commitment yesterday on signing day from EJ Lightsley. And that is somebody that Tennessee was really recruiting back in the summer and things just cooled off for, for one reason or another. I don't know if that was the kid or, or Tennessee, but uh, he, he, he and Tennessee had a lot of dialogue uh, throughout the summer and the beginning of the fall. And Georgia wasn't really in, in the picture. But then they, they circled back and, and did enter the frame. And like some of these under-ranked guys that are in the state of Georgia that maybe a Tennessee is trying to get or, or a Georgia or, or a Florida is trying to get. Like, I do believe Kirby will, will go get those guys just so the other ones can't have him in, in case that that player does blow up. No, yeah, that happened. That, that's happened for years, man. It should happen. I know Tennessee did that back back in the day, but um, I, I, I'll i get an update on that, on that uh, question from GBO about Jordan James. Um, we'll we'll get that we'll get that out hopefully before before the end of the show because uh, we do have Mike Wilson coming on at nine uh, talk about Zakai Ziegler and uh, Wilson's article on on Ziegler. Uh, Chipang says Harbaugh probably bombed that interview with Minnesota. Knoxburg says Ben, who is your ideal and realistic quarterback to start for the Steelers next season? I was telling Swain two breaks ago that I've I've bought into Kenny Pickett. I'm I'm on the the Kenny Pickett train. I, I like what I'm I'm hearing from evaluators that that cover the draft, and I, I like what I'm hearing from from people who are covering 
the Senior Bowl, and I know there's been a lot of debate about him deciding not to have his hands measured earlier this week at the Senior Bowl. Apparently, he said he's like double jointed and his thumbs, uh, so he stretch his thumbs out all the way. But also, like Joe Burrow saying that <laughs> he has small hands, and, and seeing what Joe Burrow does, like the small hands thing, does not bother me. And Swain and I had a conversation during the break as well about the difference in the footballs and the football being smaller in the NFL and, and not having as big of an impact as, as maybe you would think. So, I mean, it feels like they're going to have Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins battle it out. The, the betting odds say that Jimmy G's the favorite to land at Pittsburgh. Ugh. I, I'm on the Kenny Pickett train at the moment. I, I think he's the, the most realistic non-Mason Rudolph, non-Jimmy Garoppolo, non-Dwayne Haskins option. That's how you bring in both Jimmy G and draft Kenny Pickett. Well, they You won't have room. They and then get rid of, of somebody. Well, they're bringing back Mason. Well, so mm, He's got one more year left on his that's what I would do. contract, and for some reason they feel like if, if he gets more reps, then then maybe he can develop into something. But, I mean, at this point, I think you would have seen it when, when he has been able to play. And there was a year when Big Ben had the big elbow surgery that he did play, and he, he did not look good. And that was his second or third year in the league. So I'm, I'm on the Kenny Pickett train at the moment. Volville says when it comes to Alante Velas, Butler, Tillman, Hendon, those guys did something for Tennessee football that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, they are great players and even better people, but they did more – they make plays on the field. They gave Tennessee fans hope again. They brought fans back to the game. They made us believe again. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of we we have talked about that. We just didn't point out those players. We kind of talked about Hypels, like what Hypel did because like these players were here last year. Hypel wasn't. The only change was Hypel coming in and bringing the best out of the players. So. I think everyone is giving Heupel the credit for giving Tennessee fans hope again and bringing fans back to the game and making us believe again. Like, if you if you took out the individual names and you just put, like, Heupel, then that is a statement you, you've heard all season. Was, man, there's, like, there's belief now. Like you have more donors and boosters that want to be a part of the solution and help, and they're excited about what Hypo can do. And because Hypo changed the culture and brought his offensive philosophy, yes, Alante and Valus and Butler and Tillman and Hendon was able to thrive within what Hypo had created. So... But you're, but you're, but you're right, Volville, about the hope, the energy, the belief. But I think a lot of us have been talking about that for a while. Just did not give the the credit to just those guys mentioned because there's other guys on this football team too that you could throw into the same sentence. And I think it's been cool how Tennessee fans have have somewhat paid these guys back. And and. Hendon Hooker and, and Cedric Tillman and, and how they are supporting them financially. Hendon Hooker's ABC book, 
of of scripture that that we have talked about at length on this show. Um, you, you go to alumni hall today, and you'll see jerseys of Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman and, and some other cool graphic tees that that they have come up with, and I know those are going to be worn all throughout the city. It's it's been cool to see kind of Tennessee fans repay them in a, in a way as well. They deserve it. They do. They pump belief. Everybody over there in the football program deserves credit. Josh Heupel, Alex Golish, Tim Banks, the offensive players, the defensive players, heck, the support staff, the Scott Altizers of the world, the Trey Johnsons of the world. They, they deserve as much credit as well. Everybody over there has pumped life back into the program. Yep. Danny White, whether some of you want to admit it or not. Yep. Uh, Canton, Tennessee, Vol says, I'm sick of hearing people complaining about NIL already. If you don't have a solution, just chill. You had no problem with it before. Don't speak up now. Well, I'm tired of people complaining about the NIL who don't have, like, information about what's really going on. Like, what's annoying, what, what is becoming annoying is the folks with the least amount of information complaining about the NIL from the fan base. That's, that's what's starting to get annoying. Because it, it's been weeks since that's been laid out, and there's, like, there's accurate information out there. You just got to make the effort to, 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 to get it. You know, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't know how to do something. Like, if you really want to do something, there's so much information out there, either on the Internet or, li- or going to the library, to where, like, you can, you can gather information. If you choose to be ignorant, that's what bothers me. If the information is out there, it's, it's, it's readily available. So just make the effort to find it. But instead, we got folks just popping off at the mouth because you know, they're guessing. They're shooting in the dark. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I, don't, I don't like just to pop off at the mouth without knowing, knowing facts. Like, whether I'm on the air or not, I, don't, I would rather know before I just spit out stuff. That's well, what's annoying me. But I love coaches complaining about the NIL. I love it. I think it's entertaining. I enjoy I enjoy Lane Kiffin and Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and I mean you you had uh, Mike Leach. Yeah, Mike Leach commented on it. Come on, everybody like what Mike Leach talks. Was that who you was talking about? Another SEC coach that had comments on the NIL? No, I was referring to Eli Drinkwitz. No, yeah, even 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 Mike Leach says something. He said I think it's fair to say it's a mess. At some point, we're going to have to sort it out so that it's not a series of explosions all over the place. They said, we'll do this so you don't have uh, to be at it all year. Now they have assured that you are at it all year. Talking about, I guess, the early signing period. Some of the guys who make the rules can't resist changing the rules. Right now, we are in the middle of the recruiting version of the Halo rule. One of the worst rules ever contrived. Took us three years to get it behind us. Not sure that some of this will be behind us anytime soon. So, 
coaches are speaking out about it because it is it is not good. Like, I mean, it is a mess. It is a mess. But there's going to be some other schools that can handle the mess if they are organized. So there's some schools who are publicly complaining and still operating inside of the NIL space. And there's some schools that are complaining and still operating. Everyone got to operate. But they're not wrong in complaining about how unregulated it is and it's a mess. Like the transfer portal with the NIL is a mess. But until things get cleared up, what are you going to do? Just not not try to use your advantages as a program to navigate and maneuver through the mess and still try to win? No, you don't, like, you're not doing that. But I, I like when the coaches complain about it because then they start calling each other out, and it's entertaining for me. Cameron, is that what you mean? Are you are you tired of the like hearing coaches complain about it? Or are you tired of hearing just anybody and everybody complain about the NIL? Because there's there's two different ways to look at it. Vaughville says, uh, being a Tennessee fan from a distance, I don't know all the names or get to see all that goes into it, but I'm just grateful for everybody and all that they do, the whole program. Yeah, so I mean, you, you start at the top, right? You start with Danny White, Chancellor Plowman, and Boyd. Um, and then, you, and then you trickle on down to Heupel and his coordinators and his assistants, the staff. And, I mean, there's a lot of people that is responsible for why you feel the way you feel, Vaughville. GBO says um, what you, you and I mentioned during the break was about, uh, what's that, Levis? Levis Overton, I guess that's how you pronounce it. He reclassified uh, for 2022. He's the 2023 um, number one overall player, and uh, he reclassified. Tennessee is is not in his top five. No. Um, considering he's from Alpharetta, I'm sure he will go to Georgia. But uh, he was the number one player in the, the class of 2023. He is reclassifying to this year's class. And announced his top five of Georgia and Ohio State and Oregon, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. So it doesn't apply to Tennessee, but big news in the recruiting world for sure. And, and weird. I, I flip, you, you said it during the break. Football players reclassifying is weird. Yeah. I, I, I mean – there are some grown men out there that I'm sure have, have been able to do it or could have been able to do it, and, and maybe he's one of those. He, he is a big old boy, but still a little weird. Jordan James, the uh, in-state running back that was committed to Georgia and then processed by Georgia right before signing day, on signing day, uh, when Georgia went out and signed another running back and Andrew Paul. We got a question from the text box. About you know the the tennis did Georgia hold JJ to make sure that Tennessee would not recruit him, or did we did we not like him at Tennessee at running back? So um, the the answer is Tennessee liked other backs more. They liked other backs more. So we'll see if they're right or not. Hour three coming up. 